Hello, this is FTW with a ModCon, part of the Dot Esports Podcast Network. I'm Henrique Demore of Dot Esports, filling in for Imad. Welcome back to the show and Happy New Year. We are back, and so is Halo Esports. The Halo Championship series that launched with the release of Halo Infinite is off to a fantastic start. Two majors and a couple of other pro circuit competitions later, and Cloud9 has emerged as the top team in the circuit. But is this sustainable? Is this going off more than just nostalgia? And what does the future hold for the eSport this time around? We're joined by Dot Esports' Scott Robertson, a staff writer for Dot that writes mainly about shooter titles like Valorant, CSGO, and of course, Halo. Scott, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thanks so much for having me. Glad to be here. So, uh, Halo Esports, when was the last time that Halo Esports was occupying this much of the spotlight? Give me a year. I'd say the last time it was occupying this much of a spotlight, the closest we'd come to was probably the World Championship in 2019. That was kind of the last hurrah for Halo in the Halo Guardians era. A lot of people were moving on to new games or just sort of falling off Halo, viewership was going down. Um, and so it wasn't really until there were even rumblings about Infinite that it started really to see that resurgence that we're, that we're in the middle of right now. So it was really Infinite and a new title that sparked the scene back into life? Yeah, it's it, it's 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 a release of Infinite. It's a new title. Um, the The... It's got a bigger player base because of it being able to come out on PC. Um, and the esports scene is really sort of thriving on um, a bit of nostalgia, but also a bit of uh, empty space. It's been filled up by sort of some stumbles and mistakes that Call of Duty has made, which is sort of really the only big console shooter competitor that, hit, that that's out there right now. And so that's you're seeing a lot of orgs who have previously competed in both. Um, obviously they can't really compete in Call of Duty because of these franchising fees, but they can sign a Halo team or sign, either sign some young guns or sign some old heads and and just jump right back in. And it's open bracket, which is obviously going to entice uh, older players and newer players. And ideally that's going to bring some stability um, just in terms of in terms of the player base and sort of the star players right now are sort of the older guys, the ones who, you know, not not all of them are older, but some of them are. And 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 you, you need to think about what that next wave of, of Halo Pro players are. And I think the open system is the best way to, to, to grow that scene right now. To me, and again, I, I didn't, I, actually, I was surprised when you said that the most recent kind of big event was the 2019 World Championships. That was, that was surprising to me. Is this, like you said, there's an open bracket style tournaments so there is no franchising even though you have big orgs like cloud nine and fanatic and that um, dip their toes in before before we go on i do have to correct myself it was 2018 so it wasn't okay. even that it wasn't even as recent as 2019 I, it was 2018 when it was the last world championship and the last um hcs finals does does this have more of a structured feel to it to you um with kind of bigger orgs stepping in or was that always the case but it just for whatever reason, maybe it's just me and my own uh, just kind of temporal ignorance. Well, I think the HCS is for the most part off to a really strong launch for this Halo Infinite era. I think bringing in partner teams, having revenue sharing, having these in-game items that players can buy um, is really 
a big thing that's attracted these uh, some of the biggest organizations in esports to to jump in with Halo. Um, it's it's they they have that instant revenue they can get from players buying their cosmetics, and without the upfront cost of having to get into games like like Call of Duty, um, having broadcasted events instantly within weeks of within weeks of the game being launched, having a ranked mode. Um, having all these things that, you know, a lot of these teams, like I said earlier, a lot of these teams um, have at some point, either now or in the past, have competed in Call of Duty. You know, your United, your FaZe, your Cloud9, your Optic, your G2, all these all these big names that are jumping into Halo have experiences with Call of Duty. And it they're just, Halo is just doing, at least compared to Call of Duty, it's just doing a, such a better job of making competitive opportunities of making this scene viable from an organizational standpoint. And, and you're seeing, you're seeing the results. That's why you're seeing, that's why you're seeing viewership for the first open events of this new, of this new era of, of Halo esports. The grand finals of that had better viewership than that world championship we talked about in 2018. Um, or maybe not the world championship, but maybe it was like the HCS finals. Because they had like they had like a season finals and they also had a world championship, but I'm I'm pretty sure that that the just the first open bracket doing better than like a championship bracket at like a championship event, like that's that's significant and it speaks to you know how really down in the dumps Halo was back then and seeing it revitalized now is just it's a great thing. It, it really is impressive. Uh, kind of bouncing off your your point that you mentioned that Halo seems to be doing a better job of fostering growth and opening up opportunities for the scene to be sustainable, getting new players in. And Halo and Call of Duty have both been around as franchises for a long, long time. I think, you know, 20 years, right? 15 years at least. What is it, anything other than franchising that has allowed, I mean, you listed some reasons. So if it's just that, then we can move on. But what, in your opinion, aside from kind of these prohibitive franchising costs, has allowed Halo to get off to this good start? Halo is a re- historically relevant esports, like you said. It's, I mean, competitions for Halo have been going on since Halo 3 back in 2007. And it did attract some big organizations back in the day, you know, your CLG, Evil Geniuses, and then teams like Optic and Splice, Cloud9, Team Liquid. Like all these big organizations that we like put in like the pantheon of relevancy for today, they were involved in Halo. Um, so it's not like you know Halo was a, a nobody. Halo was in like a no uh, like a nothing esport prior to Infinite. It was big at one point. It was really big, but as the newer games, just multiplayer didn't have that same shine as previous titles. As new games started to come out. It just, it just, it just fell off. It, so, and so, and so, a big reason that it's succeeding right now is for two reasons. One, the launch of the game itself went very well. Like I said, having having ranked mode day one, having events right away, having it be accessible to an entirely new platform, um, and then also also providing these opportunities and 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 three four three and 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 the Halo esports team to its credit have been very very transparent with decision making um and with their plans for different 
tiers of events. So you've got your you've got your open events, you've got your onlines, you've got your supers, you've got your minors, then you've got your majors, then eventually you have your world championship. So to ha- to to show to for, for them to say, hey, we have a plan to support organizations, and we have like an overall plan. That that means a lot to the pro players who want who want to come back, who want to compete in Halo, to the organizations that want to be invested in this game, and to aspiring players you know for there's going to inevitably be some pro players maybe not right maybe not competing at the highest level right away but there will be some pro players if halo sticks around that halo infinite is their first halo game like their first real like time sink of a halo game and uh you know eventually you know if, and if they and if there's a if, if if you lay the proper groundwork for a scene now then you're gonna have more players like that in the future and that just helps you know secure your future as a game so shifting over to the competitive side right now, you mentioned it. Are there any rookies that have come out of the scene that this is their first Halo game, whether they're 27 or 17? Uh, because it does, again, seem like, and you had mentioned it, that there are a lot of, as, as you put it, old heads still competing right now. There's not a ton of, of like brand new rookies that have really grab the spotlight yet a lot of it is the the older players and and some of them are not like i said earlier some of them are not that old you know frosty is considered one of the top 10 best halo players of all time he started when he was 17 he's still only 24 so i mean yeah he's still got a he's still got a lot of halo left in him um there are some guys who are you know late 20s getting close to 30 um and not to say that they can't that they they are showing any signs of slowing down, um, but it is considerably older than the average age of pros in most other games. You look at Valor, especially you look at League, where you've got you know teenagers playing in the LCS and things like that. Um, no, unfortunately, no 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 real rookies have really, at least that I've seen, have really stood out yet. Um, but right, so right now, HCS is kind of riding a, like a big nostalgia wave, but. I mean that's what's that's what's gonna get people back. The first thing, the first people they need that that, that Halo in esports needed to attract were the old fans to get them back in, to get them excited again, and obviously having a bunch of the older players, um, and not just not just not just saying players because they're older, but because they were the top players in Halo for years. I mean, if you look at the two best teams in HCS right now, Cloud Nine and Sentinels, the cores of the roster. Back back in back in you know 2015 to twenty eighteen, it was those two teams effectively meeting in almost every grand finals, winning almost every event, um, and, and and so far, um, Cloud Nine's been winning all the events. Now the they won the they won Rally, they won the past two Pro Series events, and yeah, I think you could make a, make a good case that Sentinels would have won would have definitely had a much bigger impact had they been competing with their full team um and not and but but i mean they're clearly in our pantheon all by themselves but the next tier is not it's not a significant step down like teams like e united like optic phase and then some of the newer ones you know uh x sets um even even european teams who've like historically have never really competed in the same level of na like ascend looks really great um there's a lot there's a lot of teams at the top and and yeah, yeah, I think it's uh no 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 like like we were saying earlier, no big rookies to speak of yet, but that's because we're riding the big nostalgia wave now, and you know, it's gonna take some time. Is there anything on the let's say corporate 
side, maybe from 343, you mentioned they've been really receptive. Uh, they've really invested in the esports scene. Um, that gives you confidence that, you know, like you said, the nostalgia wave is fine for now and probably good because nostalgia is extremely powerful. But I think everyone knows that it's got to, you know, go to a more sustainable model. Do you see it going towards franchising? Have there been any rumblings of that? Or are we just enjoying things as they are right now? It's definitely something that I think every league and every developer does consider franchising at some point. Um, obviously, we've seen it with Overwatch, Call of Duty. We've seen it over time get implemented at League. There's been rumblings about it happening in games like Valorant potentially soon. Um, I think it's something that they are definitely considering. But I think in this, especially in this time where you are currently trying to keep the player base stoked, keep the entire community base stoked, um, and make sure that you have young talents to keep the game going in the near future that I think certainly not until at least next year do they even really start thinking about doing about doing a, a franchised set team league. I think the open system for now, you know, the partner teams, I think a lot, maybe some people get the wrong impression that the partner teams get some sort of competitive advantage they don't all they get is 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 pretty much is revenue sharing and and like essentially first crack at content opportunities at hcs events there's no they don't get they don't get a buy in rounds during during open quals they don't get directly invited to close quals nothing like that that nothing like that so um i think they're a long ways away from doing any sort of any sort of franchising but i think the implication then is that do you think that is this partner teams, is it a closed system or is there an implication that, oh, if you, you know, oh, no, they're, open they, system. they're definitely doing, they're definitely looking to um, Tashi, who is the head at 343's um, Halo esports team. He has said, and they are, they are actively, um, I think very soon, actually going to start accepting applications for new partner teams. Um, it's not just the group of 12 that they have right now. Um, and then you're, you're going to look at teams like Ascend, like Pioneers, Oxygen, um, Xset, um, they're going to want to, um, BBG, the guard, they're going to want to look into, uh, becoming partner teams and getting, and they want, they want their skins in game. They want those content opportunities because that's just, that's just leaving, that's leaving money and, and that's leaving, um, views on content. Uh, on the table if if you're not able to if 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 you don't have that opportunity to be partnered um so we're gonna so so i mean yeah they're they they have the applications they're about to open at the, i think at time of recording um i don't think they're officially open yet but um there there will definitely be new teams being added to the partner team system soon all right and with uh so what what is coming up then you mentioned that the cup first couple Big events, you said the, the 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 Raleigh Major, right? That was the first kind of big one, the homecoming, and then a couple of Pro Series events. A lot of them dominated by Cloud Nine. What's coming up next? And you've got two minutes. Sell me on why I should give a rip about Halo Esports. So we've got DreamHack Anaheim coming up. It's going to be North American Regional Championship. Um, not to not to dismiss the other regions, but really North America is where Halo is really thriving. You know, all the top eight teams at Rally were all NA teams. That being said, Mexico teams were not able to attend Rally because of these issues. But still, I think we likely would have seen NA continue to thrive. So um, the next all 
all NA. It's like mostly offline tournament because um, LA has some COVID issues where they couldn't they, they they couldn't do the full plans they wanted to originally do, and they kind of had to shift things up. Um, but you're gonna see um, essentially the best Halo teams playing under playing playing under the same roof. Maybe there's a maybe there's a crowd, but if there's no crowd, which would be which would be unfortunate. That means you're just gonna really gonna hear the shit talking, which is <laughs> which is great A in Halo. Um it's in you know, like it like any console shooter, they're really they really they really go at it on stage. Okay, I I wanna actually I wanna dive into that. Especially okay, I will I will say, yeah. um for the pro teams, the pro teams they dial it back a little. Sure. You see, but if you ever get a chance to go to to a to a LAN event. <laughs> hang around the open bracket matches because those aren't pro teams they don't have they don't have sponsors to worry about they don't have you know they, 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 and, and it's it's even more competitive because you know they don't have a contract or a stream to fall back on they are just there to compete and to win and maybe potentially you know get scouted by get scouted by a premier organization so they are competitive and they talk and they talk loud and it gets personal <laughs> So if you ever if you ever get a chance to go to a Halo event, just hang around the open of the open brackets for a little bit and and keep your ears open. All right. Well, my my, my nuclear family lives in Southern California. You know what? If, I, if I'm around there during that time, maybe I take a trek up the Anaheim. Why not? If they uh, fill in crowds in, that would be an experience. And I believe most of the majors um, are to be hosted in uh, North American cities. So if you're a North American fan. And you live near Kansas City or Orlando or Seattle. Uh, there's going to be major Halo tournaments with global competition off on stage, hopefully in front of crowds by the time the first the next major comes around, which will be late April. Um, but until then, the next offline event is going to be February. It's going to be the NA Regional Championship at DreamHack Anaheim. Um, even if there's not a crowd, it's going to be, you know, it's it's going to be it's going to be that's that's the next big event on the horizon especially for these top teams who are trying to if you're just trying to win the whole thing and and build and build a case toward um becoming world champion at the end of the year in october all righty well you sold me scott thank you so much for coming on the show thanks for having me and that was ftw with a mod con part of the dot esports podcast network if you enjoyed the show please rate and share for full transcripts of the show please visit ftwamod.com to find Imad and more of his work at Tom's Guide, you can find him at Imad on Twitter. To find me and my work over at Dot Esports, you can find me at Henrique Demore on Twitter. To follow Scott and his work he's doing over at Dot, you can find him at Counter Scott Go on Twitter. This episode is produced by Henrique Demore. Our executive producer is Kevin Morris, and our research assistant is Sam Higgins. And with that, we'll catch you guys next week.